Hey everybody, I'm Peter, and they say I'm brave, compassionate, disciplined, and would make a great teacher. He's a bag of bones. It's Mike. Uh, uh <laughs> sweet. Together, we are Rebels Rebels, the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanding universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive through the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Our guest today is the creator of The Wookiee Gunner, host of multiple podcasts, including Galactic Fashion, Team Kanan, Star Scavengers, and most importantly, Rebels Chat, which is an awesome show that she hosts with her mother, <laughs> Shona Marie Macias. How are you doing? I'm good. This is so exciting. I love talking Rebels with other fans. <laughs> I thought you said, I know, I know the other podcast is Team Kanan, but I thought you said Teen Kanan for a second, <laughs> and I just imagine like uh, like a teen magazine where it was all about Kanan, and I got so excited. That's amazing. I need that, like Rebel Beat, like something. Like yeah, that. you should do like one of those it's like, like seventeen, but for Kanan. Yeah, you should do one of those like celebrity posters from the nineties of Kanan, like laying on a bed. <laughs> I mean, no. which yeah, which feels so appropriate because it's Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. So totally there. It has to be one with like a pool table because I remember Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how to poster like that when I was 17 and I was just like, oh man, this is it. <laughs> this is gorgeous. Uh, I that think as it. you said that, I had a flashback to my sister's room where I was t- being told to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we get started, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a ton or so we've heard. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rebels Rebels Pod, or you can email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com to give us, I don't know, just compliments. And that's it. That's all you can email for. Gold stars. Gold stars. Yeah, just email me gold stars. Also, email, also, you can email us iTunes gift cards, Amazon gift cards, Outback Steakhouse gift cards. Oh, recipes. I'd take those. <laughs> Um, cool. Uh, Mike, you ready? I am ready. John Marie, you ready? I am super ready. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> We are on season one, episode four, Rise of the Old Masters. Mm -hmm. The rebel crew undergoes a rescue mission only to face a powerful foe. I wonder who that is. We're on the, we're on the ghost for the first scene. Um, They are doing some Jedi training on the top of the ghost while it's in orbit. Yeah. And it's sick. I really like this shot. I thought this um, scene was gorgeous. I remember yeah, it is. my Twitter header for the longest time. <laughs> uh, it's so nice. Um, Kanan is saying, do or do not, there is no try, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really know what it means. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. I think I know what it means half the time. <laughs> half the stuff Yoda says, I don't know what it is that he's trying to tell me. <laughs> just tell me, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, he's very old. It's like my grandpa. Sometimes you're just like... You don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, not. Yeah, you're like, okay, all right, all right, cool. I mean, uh, I like that he at least admits he doesn't know. And of course, in this line, spoiler, will come full circle at the end. I'm trying. Do or do not. There is no try. What does that even mean? How can I do something if I don't try to do it? Well, see... Yeah. 
Actually, that one always confused me too, but Master Yoda sure used to say it a lot. I mean, I appreciate the honesty that he doesn't know. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like this is one of like the three biggest Star Wars lines that is like stitched on a pillow. And <laughs> I, ah, this is the one line. Quick, what are the other two? Uh, probably I love you and I know. Mm-hmm. And may the force be with you. And then do or do not there. I feel like those are the, like the three big ones for yeah. some. And now this is pod racing. <laughs> That's one of them too. Let's try spinning. That's a good move. <laughs> oh man. Maybe for John Marie, I'll ask you, how do you feel about this line being in there? Is it like jostling? Are you, are you cool with it? I actually thought it was a great callback to that, mm-hmm. to that line. And, you know, he tells Ezra to focus on letting go, but he's sort of jumping into this, uh, mm-hmm. not really easing Ezra in. He's, you know, giving, telling him to stand upside down on top of the ghost <laughs> while mm-hmm. midair. He's, he gives him the lightsaber. It's like, Kenan, you gotta, you gotta step back a bit. Seriously. So, uh, yeah, he's, he, he needs to not give him all this, you know, big, vague information like do or do not. There is no try. And, and Ezra's, you know, 15, 14 years old at this point. He's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I like that Kanan's just kind of figuring it out. Like he'd never finished his trials. He's not really a Jedi. And he's just like, oh yeah, do or do not. There is no try. Like super authoritative. And then he gets a question on it. He's like, uh, actually, I never really understood what that means. Like <laughs> he doesn't really know what he's doing either. He's like a first year teacher. Um, and so yeah. I like that. Um, and it comes up in a lot of cool ways. Um, you know, he's just trying to figure it out. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I will say I also enjoy how Zeb is... Uh, he gets to sit in on these lessons and Ezra is like super peeved about it. But then Kanan makes the argument like, well, there's always going to be distractions. Yeah. Um, but the, I, still don't, I, I still don't understand standing upside down like the handstand thing i just i mean it, it's thematically you know yeah it's it's You'll build those consistent. core muscles yeah <laughs> well while focusing yeah and well one of the things that i really like is like zeb's like oh i thought this would be more entertaining with this jedi stuff is boring i'm like how are you not entertained by a dude standing upside down on the top of a ship on one hand <laughs> like it's like some circus <laughs> stuff like that's awesome and then he also burns him. He's like, no wonder your religion died. I'm like, wow, that's harsh, man. I know. And when I was watching that a second time around, I thought, man, why would you tell that to Keenan, who went through the whole thing Seriously. trying to escape Order 66? Oh. And I thought, Zeb, man, that was a pretty callous. Yeah, you're your right. Yeah. Trigger warning for yeah. sure. Zeb's like, like that friend who's like, quote unquote, joking, but then like always takes things too far. Later on, you see it too. Like he starts throwing those cartons at him and knocks him off the side of the ship. Yeah, could have killed him. That was oh man, what? Yeah, that's the end of Rebels. They get, we get to this episode and Ezra just falls. <laughs> yeah, that, that was yeah. series finale. <laughs> yeah, shortest it. shortest uh, series ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to do some research to find out what those like bottles are that uh, they're throwing at Ezra when he's trying to deflect him with the lightsaber, and I couldn't figure out what it is. What do you think is in that bottle? It's like an empty bottle. Uh, it says milk. it's garbage. Blue Ooh. milk. 
I mean, that makes sense. That's the only thing there is in the universe. I yeah, guess. that's the little, that's the only liquid <laughs> in the entire universe: blue milk and swamp water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I I also watch the Freemaker Adventures, and there's mm-hmm. actually in the first episode you see the main character Rowan, uh, who's also around. Uh, no, he's actually twelve mm-hmm. in the in the show, and he's uh, drinking a, from a blue milk carton, and uh, yeah, that's what it was, and huh. it, it looks exactly like the one that Chopper uh. just throwing at him. Nice. I <laughs> like it. seems like a waste then. They're just yeah. throwing away their blue milk? Uh, it's probably, uh, they're probably empty, right? I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> it's still littering, which I do not approve of. Oh, that's I mean, true. They were littering all over Lothal. <laughs> right? I know. And it hits a Lothcat. It's like oh, endangering the wildlife. That was so funny. That was cute. <laughs> really, they're no better than the Empire. <laughs> oh, um, that's so true. <laughs> I love those darn Lothcats. So they start <laughs> lightsaber training. This is another time where, as you mentioned, Kanan is in over his head and mm-hmm. they are acting recklessly because Ezra just turns on the lightsaber and almost stabs Kanan in the face. So I thought that was supposed to be, in a way, I thought that was supposed to be a kind of callback to the first time Luke turns on the lightsaber and in Kenobi's house on Tatooine. <laughs> totally. Because he didn't know what this was and he just like turned it on. And I feel like every time I see that happen, I'm like, oh my God, be careful. <laughs> like I'm not a dad, but the dad side of me is like, please put that down. You don't know what you're doing. And I feel like this was supposed to be like kind of reminiscent of that and like a, whoa, he almost like impaled. Totally. Impaled your master. <laughs> I, so quick note, is this the first time we see that lightsabers have an adjustable setting to your height it's gotta be is this the first because i think so yeah that's weird i (laughs) am trying to figure out how your lightsaber knows how tall you are like i know kyber crystals are somewhat sentient right um yeah i'd say so well i mean i i just pictured it as like having like a small, medium, large button on the side. Okay. You're just like, I want an extra long today. <laughs> I wonder like how far it extends though. Like, could you make like a lightsaber javelin? Or like oh. if there's like a Sith dude like running at you from across a football field, <laughs> could you make it like a hundred yards long? And go stab him. <laughs> gotcha. Maybe like that it's maybe it's maybe it's unique to Kanan's because Kanan, the way he constructed his yeah. lightsaber, it's like he knew he needed it to be covert at some point in his life. Ooh. So he was able to you know, take it apart in half and have the two pieces separate. So maybe he installed that feature himself. Yeah. I really like that because one of my minor gripes that keeps coming up is I don't get why his lightsaber is in two pieces. It seems very inefficient. If you're getting attacked, sneak attacked, like you have to put it together before you can (laughs) defend yourself. But I really like that he has to keep it covert. Like he's undercover yeah. trying not to be noticed if someone's like what's this it doesn't turn on or look like a lightsaber it's just like looks like a piece of junk i like that I, i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna disagree with both of you and say that kanan is way too cocky and <laughs> when he constructed his lightsaber was like i'm gonna keep growing like i'm gonna be pretty tall <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i wonder if uh because we've mentioned qui-gon Jin had a short lightsaber uh-huh. so <laughs> Was that like a preference thing that he changed from day to day or did he have this adjustable switch on there? Uh, Qui-Gon? Yeah. No, I don't think so. And Ahsoka has a one short lightsaber? Yeah. Interesting. 
Oh, well, mm. we'll keep pointing out the different lightsaber lengths as it goes through. Fasc- fascinating <laughs> stuff. Uh, one thing I did think was interesting. So when, when Ezra falls, um, he gets force grabbed by Kanan. But like Ezra's like really far down by the time he went down. It was interesting to me how far away he could grab Ezra and just like lift him up. And well, Darth Vader could choke people like across the galaxy. I mean, yeah, yeah but that's Darth Vader. Yeah. But I mean, that was across the galaxy. Yeah. He was like looking through a hole in that feed and like, I'm going to choke that guy. He, <laughs> he could like, ch- he could choke fee- people via Skype. So, you know, like 40 feet doesn't seem yeah. too great. I mean, it is, it's wild for Kanan because he finished his training as a Padawan. But, yeah. Well, it makes yeah. me wonder why, like when they approach the prison later in the episode and there's those two guards out there and they need to silently take him out. Why doesn't Kanan just grab him from the ship? from a hundred feet away and throw him off the side. Mm, I, I'm going to say because we see in the series that Kanan, the force does have a physical toll on his body. Mm. So I think he does reserve it for the times where he actually needs it. Cause we see him and Ezra getting tired from the, or fainting even from using the force to a certain degree. So yeah, I like that. Maybe that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, the idea of him cause we know Kanan is a powerful uh, being yeah. and I like that at this point in time we're seeing hints of that and this was definitely a hint that later on he's going to be able to overpower the Grand Inquisitor and, and all yeah. these other characters that we see uh, later on in the series so yeah you get these little morsels of him showing what he's capable of but he definitely struggled in that at towards the very end of that trying to keep him up in the in the air mm-hmm. yeah oh i like that yeah because he okay. totally did just like let go <laughs> and that <laughs> and him letting go of ezra i don't know how much of that was like i know he's in a good spot or was like <laughs> oh i give up like, yeah or like he or he, he was just drained uh, it might have been honestly he was just drained yeah nice mm-hmm. um another thing i noticed is once he's back on the ship he just starts yelling at him and be like, you're not focused. You need to be more focused. And I'm like, it's nothing like yelling at someone to focus, to make them focus. Hurt people, hurt people. <laughs> yeah. Hurt people, hurt it's people. It's like when you're in a fight with someone, you're like, calm down. It's like, that <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. And that was an interesting line that he told Ezra. You're undisciplined and, mm-hmm. and full of self-doubt. Like that was actually, he's describing himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Just yelling at the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually saw like a behind the scenes thing um, with Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, what's his name? The guy who voices Ezra. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Gray. Okay, cool. Sorry. I'll I'll retake that to sound smart. (laughs) Uh, I saw a behind the scenes thing with uh, Taylor Gray and he was talking about recording with Freddie Prince Jr. And he said the first time they went in, Freddie Prince Jr. was like, why don't you do it this way? Oh, why don't you try this? Blah, 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 blah. And people were watching like, you guys are just like Kanan and Ezra. Freddie Prince Jr. kind of takes him under his wing and shows him how to do the biz. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cute too. Aw. I wish Freddie Prince Jr. was my dad. Because <laughs> he'd be all that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know all his dad jokes like, oh my gosh for those. that'd be amazing because he has an awesome like social media presence and mm-hmm. personality i feel like he seems very interesting 
Yeah. Right, right. Oh, and other, another thing that I really liked about Ezra, the, the whole scene of Ezra falling was him sliding down the window oh, and yeah. seeing Sabine. Yeah. And at this point, you know that he has a sort of a cr- small crush on her. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like trying to act cool, but he knows that he's not at this very moment. Yeah. That's great. Um, so they're back on the ghost and there's an Imperial transmission coming in on the hollow net and Ezra and Zeb made the news. You made the hollow net. The stolen TIE fighter was later used to attack a transport full of innocent workers. You liar. We set him free. (laughs) This is Senator in exile, Gold Travis. I bring more news the Empire doesn't want you to hear. So from their previous exploits of stealing the TIE fighter... They say that some rebels stole a TIE fighter and then attacked like a transport with some innocent bystanders, which obviously is some propaganda spin job. Mm. Um, but the transmission is hijacked by Gaul Travis. And I like, he's like, what's a Gaul Travis? <laughs> um, who, I also like how he looks like a 70s porn star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is I did not notice that. <laughs> Be- better, but now, now that better I have for the image you. in my mind, yeah. that's exactly what I want to see from now on. <laughs> yeah, while we're listing things we like about him, I also like that he's voiced by Brett Spiner. Yeah. Who is Data from Star Trek yeah. Next Generation. Yeah. Which I love because I go both ways. <laughs> what? Oh, it's between <laughs> Star Trek and, and Star-, Star Wars. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I maybe I will someday. I am in that same boat too. I like Star Trek as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't get the like choose a camp thing. No, I don't think it's choose a camp. I think yeah. Well, I won't get into it. Yeah, I like yeah. Voyager. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Gal Travis says Luminara Unduli is a Jedi Master from the time of the Clone Wars. That's not how he says it. It's like. Illuminara unduly. <laughs> I don't know if that's even close to his voice. Actually. I love it. Please do it like that for the rest of your life. Right. Um, so Luminara unduly has been captured and is being held in the Stygian system. One of the Republic's greatest peacekeepers, Jedi Master Luminara Unduli, is alive. She's been imprisoned unlawfully somewhere in the Stygian system. As citizens, we demand the Emperor produce Master Unduli and grant her a fair trial before the entire... Including another successful planetary liberation, utilizing the Base Delta Zero initiative. This is news to Kanan, who knew Master Unduli, mm. and they he wants to launch a rescue mission. Yeah. Um, one other quick thing I saw is after it cuts off and it goes back to the regular Imperial news, it says something about how a world was liberated by the base Delta Zero initiative. Um, and that's a throwback to Legends, which is kind of a little cheeky throwback because the base zero delta zero initiative is a imperial tactic that was first invented by the ancient sith that involved total planetary bombardment to destroy every bit of life resources and droids on a planet Mm -hmm. so basically in the legends if they did the base delta zero thing they would just destroy everything on an entire planet just bombard every inch of it so to say that yeah. the planet was liberated by that is just kind of like a little throw into the legend's head. Do you really think mm. though that it's um 
that it's still the same in in canon? Do you think that's what they meant? Probably not. I think it's just like a little Easter egg for the oh, for the okay. people who liked the legends. Gotcha. It would be interesting if since they haven't perfected like the Death Star technology, if they were operating this secret plan before to just like surround a planet and destroy kill everyone on it, even if they don't destroy the planet. Hmm. Um but I don't really know if there's any canon or canon any canon thing to back that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time I was freaking out because then I thought I thought ahead. I'm like, oh man, that's how they're gonna mm. end season one. They're gonna try to tackle. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like to think of it now as an Easter egg more than the actual thing because yeah. it, you know it gives me comfort in knowing that that's not going to happen to Lothal at any point <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna Jedi it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna use no. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use Jetta as a verb. Yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so one of the reasons Kanan wants to co-get Luminara Unduli is that he feels ill-equipped to be a teacher for Ezra, and suggests multiple times, like we get it, stop mentioning it, that she would be a better teacher for Ezra. This Luminara, you knew her? I met her once. She was a great Jedi master, brave, compassionate, disciplined. In fact, she'd make an excellent teacher for you. And Ezra is bummed out by this because he feels like Kanan doesn't like him. <laughs> and I like this part where like Ezra and Chopper are the only ones left. Everyone leaves. And he's like, you hear that? Kanan just wants to pass me off on someone else. And Chopper's like, Arr. like kind of sounds like he's <laughs> yeah. laughing at him. He's like, yep, you suck. Bye. <laughs> he's uh, such a little jerk. He has so much yeah. attitude. It's amazing. And this is super subtle, but just before that, Sabine, you know, they have like the hollow chest table out there. Oh, she Sabine, spears it. Yeah, she totally like does like a cool girl jump and like slides across the front like she's a 70s cop sliding across the front of a car. <laughs> yeah. I bet she was like the girl in school like sat in chairs backwards. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was definitely that girl. Yeah. And she also does the uh, the Riker thing from Star Trek. Now I'm pulling Star Trek again. <laughs> but he like pu pulls his leg up and like it's very weird how he goes about sitting in a chair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that's I can imagine her doing that too. Yeah, she's got a real Zach Morris Riker thing going on. <laughs> I think it's the second time we've talked about Zach Morris. Yeah, he comes up a lot. Hmm. Um, so we're looking at plans for the Spire, which is a high-tech prison on Stygium Prime, and they're plotting their rescue mission. So the Spire um, is a prison that was mentioned in the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic series, which is a oh, canon series based so on unreleased Clone Wars scripts. So this is a prison that once housed Darth Maul. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And yeah. the fact yeah. that you know, Darth Maul comes up later on in the mm -hmm. series. You know, yeah. It's all connected. This is so good. <laughs> I know. I love it. Is that... Is that in the com Have you guys read those comics? Is that where he, where Darth Maul goes to track down that Padawan to defeat her? No, that's no. a separate one. Yeah, was that's a different comic? series. Okay. Yeah, this was one that came out like very early in the new EU. Um, there were some old Clone Wars scripts that involved Darth Maul being in prison and they scrapped it for the TV show, but they turned it into comics like kind of after oh, the series went off. Those ones. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. So their plan is they're going to go do a rescue mission. The details aren't that important. Um, but 
the cool thing is they take the phantom down. This is the first time we see the phantom in the series. So mm-hmm. they're taking the phantom down. It's like a little attack ship that detaches from the main ghost. Um, and I have two questions about it. First of all, why would you want like a tiny, presumably not as strong or powerful ship to be your attack ship? And then secondly, just do you have general thoughts about the phantom? Do you like it? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, I, well, it was more of a covert sort of mission that mm-hmm. they were going on. So I don't see the ghost having been a good thing to take with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the phantom is small. It can escape very quickly and easily. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it has a hyperdrive. So yeah, that, that is a mistake on their part, you know, if, in mm-hmm. case they do need to leave out of the system very quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Phantom. I actually just recently bought the Lego set oh. for a very expensive price <laughs> on eBay because <laughs> they're not, they're oh. no longer in production. That's amazing. Uh, so worth it. Wait, is That's it cool. just the Phantom or is it the Phantom plus the Ghost? Uh, it, no, it actually came, there was a two in one box. So I was happy that I got that one. Cause yeah, I wanted the ghost as well. And so yeah, the ghost and the phantom and you can actually put the ghost into the phantom. Oh and my God. That's so cool. cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I still need to get the second phantom and, uh, see if that one fits. I'm not sure whether that one fits into the, the oh, ghost. Holy, holy crap. That's cool. I was at the same time. Um, I feel well. I feel like in defense of the Phantom, something that I like about it, and maybe not in use. I, I like the Phantom. Oh so no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not attacking anyone. Oh no, no, no. Well, well, I also feel like something I was thinking about. Like it, it, it doubles as an escape pod too, right? If your yeah. ship is, I mean, we haven't seen this happen because obviously the ghost is still intact. But if the ghost is going down, I mean, load up everyone into the Phantom and get out. Yeah. Um. Which, yeah, I just thought I like it. I just thought it was interesting when you read about it. It describes it as an attack vehicle. I think it is yeah. more. I think John Burry's right. It's 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 more of a covert. Yeah. It's kind of like that little rubber boat that like Navy SEALs use <laughs> if they need to like get off their big carrier to do some covert yeah. Navy SEAL stuff. So I like that. I did a quick Google search, and yeah. it turns out that the second Phantom does fit. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh, what a time to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> If only I had the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's still a few other things that I want to get, like yeah. the ATDP and the chopper. There's also a chopper ghost set Ooh. that came out out huh. of uh, San Diego Comic Con, an exclusive That's from cool. there, 2014. So I really want to get that as well, but I, I need another year to save up <laughs> yeah. for purchase like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a collector, but I mean. I'm just kind of want to be an adult that makes Legos because it seems fun. <laughs> and I want to do so Star fun. Wars Legos. Um, <laughs> so they go down on the Phantom and Kanan jumps down and does some cool Kung Fu Kanan stuff because uh, they have to be quiet and they don't want to use blasters. And then Ezra gets all cocky and jumps down before he's supposed to and smashes his head in the door and makes a big old commotion. <laughs> I love Kanan's what just happened yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that should have given him a concussion that was a pretty big fall yeah. <laughs> that was yeah <laughs> meanwhile Hera is hanging out in the phantom she's kind of like attached to the side she's how they're going to escape and it has a jamming signal <laughs> so <laughs> while she sees something on the radar and she's like oh my gosh that we have incoming and it turns out that this like flying manta ray yeah called a tibidi 
shows up. R.I.P. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Oh, jeez. I was like, what are you? Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was in college when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I too. thought when I saw all these things is, you bastards. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it turns out that whatever jamming signal Hera is using, presumably it's the sexy setting, uh, is luring the Tibidi over because it mimics the Tibidi's mating call. Ooh, so she doesn't want to get the ship messed up or blow her cover, so she has to fly away and bring the Tibidi with her. I'm guessing the sig- jamming signal is called Sex Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Stingray. Uh, so here's a little... Uh, behind the scenes tidbit so the tibbity's name comes from the fact that they couldn't figure out a name for it so during production they just called it a tbd that's so dumb to be determined <laughs> and so they're like well, no, let's just do tibbity no. i like that i think it's fun oh no i love that yeah you I have a whole you have a whole creative team who are, like you probably have you know 15 people sitting around Oh, you know what? We'll get to this in another episode, but there's a creature that comes up called a Frynock. Yeah. We're just lucky they didn't just call it like a Psynock. Uh, <laughs> they could have come up with a lot worse names, I mean, is my point. Yeah, they could have. It is the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it could have been a space whale. So, be happy. Space, <laughs> space whale rules. I love that one because it's unapologetically lazy. Oh, I gosh. love that. Okay. Nah, space whale. <laughs> that one goes full circle and becomes yeah. awesome. Uh, so they sneak into the prison and it turns out that they were operating off of outdated schematics. So the plan is wonky and they have to improvise on the spot. Um, so Zeb and Sabine are told to hold the lift while Ezra and Kanan go to try to help Luminara and Dooley. Um, and while they're going down on the lift, I like the awkward elevator scene. (laughs) Sophie doesn't change it again. I'm standing right here. We know. Yes, I'm standing right here. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of Return of the Jedi, like because I so badly want to know what Luke and Vader were talking about in the elevator on the way up. Like, <laughs> yeah. was it silent or were they having a conversation? Yeah. Like, so what was the how was the flight? <laughs> <laughs> it also reminds me of like Revenge of the Sith, like where. Uh-huh. They're in the elevator and the yeah. droids are banned. like, put your hands up. And then they just like turn around and chop off their heads. <laughs> Part of me wishes like Kate would be like, don't talk about me like that. And then just lightsabers. Them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Zeb and Sabine are holding the lift and Ezra and Kanan go to the cell. And there's these two little, these two little stormtroopers and Kanan Jedi mind tricks them telling them that it's on another level and they're like, yeah, it is on another level and they leave the cell unprotected. Hmm. Here's one thing I want to bring up. Maybe I just missed this. Um, there's like these blue lines on the Stormtrooper helmet. Have those always been there? I didn't notice this. Yeah, I looked up pictures Hi. from A New Hope. Well, yeah, Joan Marie, do you remember that? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about, but I actually never really focused on it too much. Yeah. To, I, I mean, I like that they went with the Ralph McQuarrie design yeah, um, yeah. and sort of used that to, for the Stormtroopers. So maybe that's where that came from. I wonder if it's another Mandela effect thing. Because I looked back at the pictures in A New mm. Hope, they have this blue line on there. Thing, but I've never noticed it before. Are you familiar with the Mandela effect, Jenna Marie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if we're in a parallel universe? We've talked about this on another episode, so I don't <laughs> I don't have to explain it. But what if we're in another parallel universe where stormtroopers had blue lines all the time and then our universe didn't have blue lines and they merged? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so in a new hope though Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> um so in a, in a new hope those stripes are definitely there yeah that's what i'm saying and there i mean that there's that great website that's just starwarshelmets.com <laughs> <laughs> creative with names once again yeah. um and that's telling me that all stormtrooper helmets have 11 to 14 stripes all right hit us up on twitter uh, email us let us know if you remembered these blue stripes as a child or if we're in a parallel universe <laughs> and remember everyone the death star was I an inside job don't remember so i think we are <laughs> yep perfect we've cracked that egg oh man my uh, my life <laughs> i don't know anything anymore <laughs> yeah um so luminara and is sitting in her cell but something's not right the hairs prick up on the back of kanan's neck and she glides into this box, which ends up being her sarcophagus, and she is actually dead. Oh man! Oh, so That's so sad. So it sad. is sad. <laughs> that looks like her corpse is really preserved well. Yeah. though. there's something I want to point out. <laughs> it does. It's like, super <laughs> creepy for a kid's show. Like I was kind of surprised. Yeah, it is. That's why I like it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you two because I was pretty confused about this. I got an answer, but I want to see what you think. What exactly is going on right now? Like, how exactly does this trap work? I imagine, I think that, I think it was in an interview with an, a ma major outlet with Dave Filoni. He mentioned that it was the Grand Inquisitor himself who had executed Luminara. So when she's oh, looking up at Kanan, she's actually looking up at the Grand Inquisitor at the time. And... He never went into specifics on how it works, but in my mind, it, you just you go in, and then however this sarcophagus sarcophagus thing works, it probably sucks the life out of you, um, mm -hmm. maybe the air entirely, and then that's how you're perfectly preserved because there's no oxygen, so your your body doesn't decay yeah. the way it normally should. Do you have any theories, Mike? Uh, uh, theories about how uh, how do how this works, how the projection works, all that stuff. Yeah, I have the answer. I, I'm just curious oh, what you, you think. Well, okay, so it's a hologram, right? Yeah. So that was what was confusing to me is I didn't know like is this a force trick that like the Inquisitor is tricking them into seeing her or what's going on? Well, because you, you only see, okay, I'm trying to remember, but you only see the ghost once you enter the cell, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's a hologram the whole time. So, Jonah Marie, I think you hit that part right. I think the bones, um, we know from the transmission, we see her being captured after Order 66 and brought to the prison. And she was executed in that room. And they just leave her bones in that room. 
uh, in a preserved state. So like her force essence is imbued in that specific room. So Jedi are attracted to that room. And then, yeah, so the projection is, is a hologram. So that's what I was confused by because we generally don't see holograms that are that clear. Usually they're like that weird, that's like true. blue, yeah. whatever. But Pablo Hidalgo said, and I checked it, there are like in Clone Wars, there's a couple instances of super vibrant, super clear holograms. So it is just like a mix of the mystical and the tech. So um, they kind of, I guess they recorded her being executed in that cell and just project a hologram of it and then people come to check out the bones and then get trapped yeah yep. oh man i remember i first saw this episode at a press screening here in new york city mm. and they had paired it up with the premiere and when i saw that i thought oh i'm gonna have to keep this a secret for the next two months <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, because it really like shocks you that they yeah. did this to yeah. her and that they're using her bones like i wish i wish in like a if the story had taken place in another form of media like i wish they could have taken the bones with them so that they could you know rest her yeah and, and yeah have her rest in peace really this is so dark. Like the more I think about it, the more I hear you guys talking about this. I'm like, man, that's such a dark ploy <laughs> to like, okay, we're going to execute this person and then keep their bones. And like, yeah. And an interesting thing too is in legends, they established that she was killed in order 66. Yeah. So like, did they, did the emperor just be like, keep a couple of them alive for this trick? <laughs> or did she just happen to get captured instead of killed? Um, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like something that the Grand Inquisitor was more involved with. Since yeah, he's the Jedi hunter, so he has to come up with an interesting way to capture all these remnants that are running around the galaxy. Yeah, totally. Um, another interesting thing that Pablo Hidalgo said is he kind of hinted he wouldn't say, but since the Inquisitor isn't super strong in the Force, he hinted that other Force users might be aiding this trick. So I don't know what that means. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so I, I'm trying to remember, and unduly during the Order 66 was alongside Yoda on Kashyyyk, right? Yes. She was fighting in that battle. I don't yeah. remember if she was literally standing next to Yoda well, she, yeah, during so she, Order 66. So she was there. Yeah, I don't know if it ever actually says she was captured during Order 66, so I think maybe you're right. It might be like an Inquisitor thing, like she got away and instead of killing her, the Inquisitor was like, I'll capture her. I have an idea. Mm, yeah. Cool. I wonder what Jedi have fallen Yeah. in, in, in trying to rescue her. Well, who else has fallen for this trap? That's a good mm. point. Oh. Who else will? Because, I mean, Kanan made an effort to say that we should spread the word yeah. that that's not her. Um, but at the same time you can't really reach everyone so who else in the future will fall to this trap yeah that's interesting um and it makes me laugh this is something i always wonder um is we know some of the main players that are alive during this time are there other jedi that are still alive that have escaped order 66 oh i'm sure obviously I, yeah. they escaped because the inquisitors wouldn't exist if some didn't ex exist but how many have they hunted down so far how many are still around true i know quinlan voss is one apparently Ooh. in a comic recently mm -hmm. i didn't see that that's revealed. interesting 
Oh, so that, that was nice. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who Darth Vader took his light, the crystal from. Did you read that oh, comic? Oh, I don't. Oh, I didn't read that one. Oh, it yeah, was I'm cool. Out on, There's on this. Oh, oh man. So the newest Vader co- uh, series. I won't ruin it, but it kind of goes. It like begins directly after Revenge of the Sith. Like it starts immediately <laughs> after starts he like, goes. No. no. <laughs> and, that's and then it's like bam. Like that's where the comic starts. <laughs> and I won't. You have to read it. I won't. And I won't give it away to listeners. But um, yeah, he tra- He has to track down a Jedi who survived 66 because how Sith get their kyber crystals is by killing another Jedi and taking their kyber crystals. Ooh, that's cool. So in essence, they kind of corrupt a, a kyber crystal and that's why the kyber crystal turns red because it's almost the kyber crystal bleeding. Huh. Um, it's really interesting. I didn't know that. Um, I'm, I've already given away too much and so I'll stop, but check out these new Vader comics because they're cool. That's cool. I will. I didn't realize that. Oh, man, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really wild. So, as established, it's a trap! <laughs> um, and the Grand, Grand Inquisitor comes out, and he says no reinforcements are coming. They're jamming all the signals out of the cell, and he quarters Ezra and Kanan and pulls out his lightsaber. No. I am the Inquisitor. Welcome. The reveal of his weird lightsaber that yeah. seems super <laughs> doesn't seem useful at all. <laughs> like, when would you ever want that stupid spin setting? Yeah. Like, I feel like you have to hold it so far away from you. <laughs> I actually didn't like this very much, but I saw an interview with Dave Filoni, and he said something that I thought was kind of interesting. He calls this the cheat mode lightsaber. Um, because oh I, I, oh, I had that controller for N64. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So the reason they did it like this is because the Inquisitors aren't Sith. Yeah. They aren't no. classically trained. They're not as powerful as Darth no. Vader or something. Um, so they're dark side users, obviously, and they have some control of the force, but basically it's like a way for him to fake some of like Darth Maul's moves. Ooh. So like basically they like turn on this button. It's like I'm Darth Maul now, but he's not really Darth Maul. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a cool through line we'll see a lot is like both the Inquisitor and Kanan were never completely trained or not as yeah. powerful as their counterparts. So, you know, they're both kind of faking it till they make it. Yeah. Which again mm-hmm. is coming up yeah. in the, I keep saying this, but in the new Vader comics, the current story is all about the Inquisitor. So that's. Oh, yes. Yeah. I definitely had to catch up. It's yeah. wild. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, this lightsaber too was created on initial designs for the Force Unleashed video game, Ooh. which was a cool oh, that's game. Right. Yeah, the best game yeah, ever. Because yep. uh, Amy Beth Christensen had designed it. Yep. Ooh. Yep. And she worked on both the video game and this series. And she is. I saw an interview with her. And she's like, "Yeah, we need a lightsaber." Oh, I liked this one I made before. So mm. I think that's kind of cool. Um. So. They fight, they do a little duel, um, and he mentions that Kanan relies on Form 3 to a uh, ridiculous to a, extent. To a fault, yeah. Yeah, um, and the thing that caught me about this is like, he was like, how do you know this stuff? And he goes, the archives are quite complete. So like, he's kind of just like a book nerd. Like, he's like, he just spends time <laughs> in the library, like, ooh, I'm going to study Force uh, Form 3. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and okay, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing up the comics a lot right now, but... This is the best thing that's happened in any comic so far ever. So spoiler alert. Again, in this new series um, that centers around the Inquisitor, 
Darth Vader, and my favorite Jedi of all, Jocasta Nu, the librarian. Um, <laughs> she goes back to the archives after Order 66 because she wants to, like, ensure they're safe. She wants to go get this one, uh, like, hollow card that has all the information so she can protect it for future Jedi. And while she's there... You see in the archives the Inquisitor just sitting at a desk with his feet on a table. Nerd. Nerd. Reading <laughs> archive books. Just tons and tons of books. So he's there like going through troves of information. And then where the comic ends, the next one hasn't come out. Like Jocasta who like jumps down and is like, don't touch my books. And I was like, holy crap. I love you so much. Um, so yeah, no, he's totally, so that's, it's canonical that he's totally all up in the archives. That's great. Um, but an, an, an interesting, this is one of the first canonical mentions of, I don't know if it's the first, um, of forms. Um, because I mean, unless you guys know otherwise, um, this is a pretty EU thing. Uh, old EU thing. Yeah, I I don't recall it coming up in any of the new material, and and when I heard it, I thought, yeah, I don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I I'm, I'm not all that familiar with the EU all that. So and and, and I was just thought, yeah, and I, I really want them to dive into the stuff a little bit more. <laughs> I remember so back when I was in college. Um, and this was like a real college. It wasn't like a nerd college or anything like that. They had all the different clubs. And it wasn't and, Hogwarts. <laughs> unfortunately, it wasn't Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Um, but they had a bunch of clubs and one of the clubs was lightsaber club. And you would go to a field and have lightsabers that you created and they would teach you all the forms. And you would like <gasps> stand in a field and do drills on like, I, do, I use form four. And like learn <laughs> all who uses form four? What an idiot! <laughs> oh my oh, god, it was amazing. I never did it, but I would go out and watch them every once in a while. It's, it was so cool. Oh <laughs> man, I want that. I want, I want to create a lightsaber club. <laughs> so yeah, well yeah. So I want to dive into the other forms later, but form three specifically, I thought I'd talk about here because this is what. And if you've read the Kanan comics, which are another terrific series actually one of my favorite comic series that yeah. marvel's come out with is Kane, it's really the good. series yeah um you see him learning form three from his master um depa balaba and form three which is called uh sorisu um in each form has like a formal name and then like like a more casual name or like a <laughs> this one is called the way of the minoc <laughs> Which, why would you want to be like a Minoc? Um, but it, it was, sucks. I know. Dumb. But it was developed to defend against blasters specifically. Um, so it's kind of ironic that Depo Blaba didn't survive 466. Burn. So it is characterized, characterized by a tight, efficient movement that shield the Jedi's body using the lightsaber primarily as a defensive weapon. Uh, to deflect blaster bolts and the practice of form three is an important reflection of Jedi, Jedi philosophy because it emphasizes uh, the Jedi belief in calmness and non-aggression kind of oh. the, for defense only. Right. And so they're using form three. It has uh, someone who's doing it has to center themselves in the force to anticipate uh, opponents movements and successfully 
block blaster fire. And some notable notable practitioners are Obi Wan, Luke, Kanan, and uh, Depa Balaba. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so that's what Form Three is all about. Cool. cool. Um, so Ezra blows up. He distracts the Inquisitor and blows the door off of the cell. And they make a run for it. Um, this is kind of interesting because they're making a run for it. And the Inquisitor is like super swaggy, like scary walking down. And it legit is creepy. Like this is so <laughs> like he walks out of like the smoke from the from the blast and just slowly like super murder like movie villain walks down. And oh, it's creepy. Um, yeah, it was totally Terminator. Oh with the, yeah, you know the kid Warren running away, and then you know oh, yeah. <laughs> the one, the bad guy just walking. Yeah, yeah. what's funny is if it, I feel like if he would have run, he would have caught them though, because <laughs> they emerge from the cell, and then like less than a second away, he like slowly walks out. Yeah. And I'm like, if you were running, you could get them. Yeah, uh, he knows it's a cool moment, which is yeah. why he was you know absorbing it. He's like, oh, cam- cameras are on. Cameras are on. <laughs> um, and so he disarms Kanan and kind of knocks him down and then faces Ezra is telling him he has power, but he has, it's untapped because he needs to know about the dark side. And he's like, never heard of it. Are you paying attention, boy? The Jedi are dead, but there is another path. The dark side. Never heard of it. Have you taught him nothing? Which I think is kind of a cool thing because it shows like, like Ezra just hasn't covered it. It's more of that fake it till you make it. Like it's like he doesn't, he's like, oh yeah, the dark side. I should have probably mentioned that at a certain point. (laughs) And so this is the first time Ezra's even heard of the dark side. Um, And then he's like, fine, you're going to die if you're not going to join me. And then this goes back to Kanan using his force powers and getting kind of pooped. I like this. He, pins the inquisitor to the ceiling in a really cool way yeah that allows him to escape but he can't hold it so he's like because it just drains his energy and eventually he drops the inquisitor uh they meet up with zeb and sabine and quick quick note about the inquisitor's face because there's a close-up of him in one of these shots and I think he's like super intimidating super cool looking yeah until I noticed that um, his two front teeth, his buck teeth, are longer than all his other teeth, <laughs> and it made him look super Bugs Bunny to me, and like was a little silly. And I'm like, ah, make those all straight. Like he doesn't need buck teeth. I'm like, I was like, I don't know what the use is of that. And I don't know. I've never Aww. noticed that. Yeah, and when you see it, you can't unsee it, and he'll never be intimidating again. I'm looking up a picture. Buck teeth. <laughs> buck, buck. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right. One thing with uh, when Keenan was holding him up against the ceiling, when he told Ezra to run, it yeah. kind of reminded me of Depa telling Keenan oh, to run when yeah. he was yeah. younger. I like that. Yeah, that was a cool moment when I didn't, I hadn't thought of it at the time because at the time those comics weren't around. So in rewatching it, I thought, oh man, that's just like what happened in the comics. So sad. (laughs) Always running forest over there. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Um, So they're escaping. They meet up with Zeb and Sabine and they find out that their exit plan is screwed. So they say we need to go outside. We have to go to the landing platform, which they originally thought was impossible. 
Um, so they're running toward the landing platform. I'm going to point this out every time I see it again. For some reason, this is a jail, but they don't have very many people guarding the jail. Like if the empire <laughs> would just like staff it 25% more, maybe they wouldn't have people breaking out all the time. Mm, they're all relocating <laughs> to the Death Star. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the door is this big, heavy door for the landing platform mm. and it is locked down. They can't hack it. They can't open the op- with the open button. So Ezra and Kanan need to lift the bay door using the force or the power of yeah. friendship. Either the, one. The power of friendship. That's where the real magic happens. <laughs> yeah. Teamwork and friendship open that door. So they're reaching out and they're being pursued, but they get it open and they get but underneath. But you know, it, it, it didn't suck out any of their energy in doing it because yeah. they were focusing on... Love. To, <laughs> yeah, they were focusing on love. Whereas later on when we see Ezra do the same with Maul, yeah. he's actually focusing on his anger and it oh. makes him and he's exhausted at the end of it. I like that. Because that's not his natural way, yeah. personally. Mm. That's how I see it. Yeah, and I think probably Caden's learning a little something now too because, you know, we've played it out all these times where he gets drained using his power but now that he's learned about the power of friendship <laughs> he can do all things <laughs> it was love that saved you harry <laughs> um so they're running out and they get through the door and they're still being pursued and harris says she's coming to get him and she's bringing the fleet <laughs> <laughs> and so Harris swoops in followed by a fleet of horny Timothys. <laughs> yeah, that's right they are. <laughs> yeah. And so they do some stuff. I'm not really sure how they help that much, but they did cause a distraction and attack all these people. Do you think all the noises that they're making, the Timothys, all the noises probably would roughly translate to like Hey girl, yo girl, what's up? Hey girl, hey yeah. girl, what's up, girl? Hey girl, hey, yo girl, what's up? That's so true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how it's just like, I guess Hera is just like, attack the stormtroopers, like, yeah girl, okay, sure, yeah, whatever for whatever. you. Yeah, yeah whatever, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got okay, you, I'll take care of that for you. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, so Hera comes in and swoops him up, and there's a really cool thing right here where Inquisitor throws his lightsaber as like a death frisbee. <laughs> and I love Kanan, the froth. He's like, I love the froth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Kanan just like last second force senses it, uses his lightsaber to knock it away. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, and then they get on and they get away. And the Inquisitor is left with nothing. Mm. Yes, he's quite angry at this point. Yep. We're back on Lothal, and Kanan and Ezra have a heart-to-heart. It turns out, after experiencing the power of love and friendship, Mm -hmm. Kanan now understands there is no try, only do. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm not going to try to teach you anymore. If all I do is try, that means I don't truly believe I can succeed. So from now on, I will teach you. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. I understand. Master. Yep. So it has come it's full beautiful. circle, as you mentioned. Yeah, it does. It comes full circle. Um, 
Yeah. And then they have that father and thron- fa- father and son throwing <laughs> moment. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about fathers and sons in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh, this is true. This that's is such true. A, <laughs> sets a dangerous precedent. <laughs> one of them is going to kill the other. Oh, yeah, gosh. they do. You're yeah. right. The, yeah. You're totally right, though. They're like playing catch on the lawn. Like I can hear CCR playing in the background and like a, a beer popping open. Uh, cool. So that is the end of the episode. Do you have any final thoughts about the episode? Buck teeth. <laughs> I, I well, it kind of it tugged on my heartstrings a bit when Kanan thought that yeah. Ezra being stuck with him was somehow bad for him because yeah. to Kanan, you yeah. know, he wanted the kid to have a better education. Really, at the end of the day, and I like that even though Kanan barely knows him at this point, he still wants the best for Ezra. So mm. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it was a cool dynamic how Ezra feels shunned, but really it has nothing to do with Ezra. Kanan just feels inadequate and wants the best for him. So I thought that was kind of a cool, complex character Mm. development moment. Cool. Um, So how we wrap up every episode is we judge every episode on a totally subjective scale. Um, So it's completely up to you, but we grade it on in your opinion, the worst thing in star Wars and then the best thing in star Wars. So, uh, Mike, do you want to give an example? Yeah. So my scale goes like this, um, on a scale of a C3PO was created by Anakin Skywalker to, um, Luke standing on Tatooine, staring into the binary sunset as John Williams, binary sunset theme plays, which is so magical. I would rate this episode as a uh, space Jimmy Smith appears at <laughs> uh, in Rogue One from the shadows, which is like a, I like how it connects to the larger universe that I'm seeing um, someone I do like as controversial as that is, but maybe isn't, you know, that prominent, that being Luminara unduly. Um, and I, I think it's some good fanfare. It's like not hitting you over the head, yeah. but connecting in a, I don't know. A, it's not R2-D2 no, and C-3PO and Rogue One. No, it's not Dr. Evazan and Pondabala yeah. going like, which I'm like, oh God, come on. Um, <laughs> so that grade for me translates into like a, this is like a solid B. Um, this, or maybe I'll say a B plus. Like, okay. I, I, I like it. It's so far in the series, this is my favorite episode. This is what the, the, the fourth episode so far. I think this is the best one. Like we're really getting yeah. into it, but I can see that it feels like it's a, a building episode. Like we're, we're building towards something. And so it's getting me totally. excited and I think it's doing a good job. Yeah. Cool. Um, so my scale is on a scale of Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an EOP and going Piusa. Um, to Luke and Darth Vader's super cool, moody death uh, lightsaber duel in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I give this Rey and Kylo Ren fighting in the snow, which is pretty much an A+. It's like one of my favorite lightsaber fights in all of Star Wars. Uh, and it shares a lot with this episode, so it has great action and mythology and world building and character development, which are all the things that I love in Star Wars. 
So I like how this, like, it really builds, like you were saying, Mike. I really yeah. love how it connects. And this is, I, I'm going to say this is maybe, maybe my favorite episode in, wow, this... in uh, the first season. Wow. I really love this one. Mine isn't as exciting as you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, well, it's okay. I wish we're I professionals. We do this. Uh, <laughs> we, get, we get paid for this. So. <laughs> My grade. So, on a this is controversial oh, here. This first like part it. on a scale of Han Solo's "I Know," oh. which is the low end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, that's right. blasphemy. <laughs> to Purgle entering hyperspace. Wow. <laughs> no, that's way better than either of our grading system. It's way this better. This episode is uh, like Ezra getting his first kyber, kyber crystal for me. Ooh. So that translates to an A. Nice. Wow. nice. <laughs> I like that. Is it Porgs entering hyperspace? Purgles. Oh, oh gosh, Porgs. Porgs. I thought for a second. I heard Porgs. I thought you were taking this from the trailer. That, that was a Porg screaming at hyperspace going, ah! And I was like, holy no. shit, that's really cool. I hadn't thought about that. No, no, Purgles. Oh, God. Sick. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the I know. I just no. I never really found it attractive. I never found it to be a romantic moment. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's, well, it's, it's not romantic to me either. I mean, if anything, I, if someone said to me, I'd be like, "Screw you!" Screw you. Like, <laughs> what are you talking? I just put my heart on the line. Like, really? I also like how that could have been his last words. <laughs> he was like, "All right, I had to really make it count because I might die in this thing." He's like, "I know." <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'd be so bummed if those were my wife's last words to me. I'd be like, really? No. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. This was really, really fun. Um, can you tell the people where you can be found online and elsewhere? Yeah. Tell all the porgs out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the porgs. I I am you can find me at Blue Jag Eyes on Twitter and that's blue, the color blue, and then J A I G nice. and the word eyes. And you can also find me on the Wookiegunner.com and that's Wookie with two E's because I keep finding people spelling it with one E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noobs. <laughs> Check out her podcast. They're really great. Um Say hello to your mother for us. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> and thank you so much for being <laughs> thank there. You guys for yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. All awesome. Right, thanks. Bye. Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, that time of the episode again where we do some. Deep dives. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Today, we are going to be doing a, a little character portrait on Depa Balaba. Is that okay? Yes. You, f you sound hesitant. I never hesitate. Okay, let's go. Depa Balaba um, is a human who was born on Chalacta. Now, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Chalacta is a planet which has no interesting or notable history. Mm. Couldn't find anything. It's pretty boring. Like Canada. It's... <laughs> uh, but 
Uh, Pablo Hidalgo had to clarify in a tweet early on that Chalactan is a culture and a heritage and that Balaba is biologically human, not biologically Chalactan. I don't know. Like it was like a thing for like, some people are like, Oh, Deba Balaba, but she is, you know, she's not human. She's, and I I don't know. I guess it was a thing. I don't know. I always just assumed Uh, she was human. So it's kind of like, so Han Solo is technically Corellian. Yeah, exactly. It's a, but yeah. he's a human. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know why it just makes sense to some people. Like Padme is a Nabian. Yeah. Colonialism, guys. It just... <laughs> okay. And so she became a member of the order at a young age where she was trained by, any guesses who she was trained by? Mm, Jocasta knew. Mace Windu <laughs> is her, uh, was her master. Dexter and... Jetster. No. Darth Vader. Yes. Balaba, no, was later appointed to the council alongside her former teacher, Mace Windu. Uh, you can see her in the, she first appears in The Phantom Menace when the Qui-Gon is like presenting Anakin to the council. You can also see her at Qui-Gon's funeral. She's also in Attack of the Clones in, at the council, but she didn't have to come back to the set for that. Day. She has like archive footage, <laughs> which kind of sucks for her. Um, I wonder she, if she gets paid for that. I don't know, because it was already filmed. I bet not. Huh. Uh, it's like archived footage. Um, so she had a sister named Sar Loboda, um, and Loboda first appeared in Attack of the Clones. Okay, so in my research of her sister, I came across, this is on Wikipedia, some really strange phraseology that I still don't quite understand. So I'm just going to read this to you as is, and I want to see if you understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, Sarah Loboda is Depa Balaba's sister. They don't share the same last name, so I guess step <laughs> Um The character was originally intended to be Depa Balaba. However, the actress used to replace Balaba's portrayer, Depika O'Neill Joti, looked too similar to Balaba. This led to the creation of Loboda as a separate character. <laughs> I don't know. I am having a hard time following. I sat down for so long trying to figure out what they what they meant. Something happened during filming, and they're like, "I don't, I still actually don't understand." See, I could see the other way around happening, where they were originally two characters, but they looked too similar, so they just said, "We just need one character." I can't think of a circumstance where they're too similar, so make them. Like two two separate Sister? sisters. Like, where did it? Was it one like? Maybe it's like a Darth Maul kind of thing where Ray Park was originally just going to train and yeah. be like a stunt guy. Maybe there was like the actress who was playing Depa Balaba, and then the stunt person for Depa Balaba, and they just liked them both, so they put them both in the movie. No idea, but somehow this somehow something on set created a sister for Depa Balaba. Sister. Sister. So as a child, Balaba held, was held as a captive by not just pirates, but space pirates who killed her parents. She was rescued by Mace Windu, all right, a <laughs> member of the order, and brought and he brought her into the order. Balaba became his padawan and trained until she was a master. Um, so we, so Depa Balaba's stories, we've talked about it a little bit, but it's really cool in the comics. And I won't go too deep into the comics, but basically, uh, during the Clone Wars, she took on Caleb Doom as her Padawan learner, mm-hmm. um, Kanan. And after the conquest of Kilar, the two were attacked 
by Balaba's battalion of clone troopers after the execution of Order 66. Um, so Balaba basically sacrifices herself and allows Kanan, uh, or at that time Caleb, to run away and go into hiding. But a little bit behind the scenes, Dippa Balaba was based on early design of a Jedi Council member for the Phantom Menace and had a, quote, spiritually inspired design. Um, which I'm like, is that problematic? <laughs> like, is it, is that racist? Even if it's like semi-positive uh, or like culturally reductive? Judging from the prequels. Yeah, I guess it fits perfectly. Like, spiritual inspired design quote unquote is probably just means like Asian-y yeah George Lucas exactly. is probably just like make it Asian-y it's <laughs> like uh we can't say that I don't know make me make them like uh, uh Indian or <laughs> uh so Balaba was portrayed by the actress uh Depeka O'Neill Joti in The Phantom Menace and so besides this movie that she's in she was in five episodes of a unaired TV show that I could not find for the life of me called Gimme Six. What? Yeah, let me talk about Gimme Six. <laughs> it's an old it's a it's a show about an old abandoned theater in London where six kids uncover some old magic and discover the power of teamwork. Oh. I can't find that show anywhere. So basically Phantom Menace is the only thing she's ever in ever. I thought that was a Star Wars show that never aired us. <laughs> very no, no, confused. Just some weird show. <laughs> and it makes me wonder how she got cast in this. Because it's very odd. I, I don't know. I mean, she's a background character, so she could have been walking mm-hmm. down the street. Um, yeah, so Balaba, like I said, is, she was the focus of a lot of now non-canon Star Wars legend stories. And these stories in, were included uh, in this book, Shatterpoint, which I'd never read. But it reveals that she was the former Padawan of Mace Windu, which they brought into canon. And then chronicled her fall to the dark side of the Force. So some elements of her backstory, such as her species homeworld and tutelage under Mace Windu have uh, now become official. Um, she did appear quite a bit uh, just in reference in the new Dawn where um, Kanan talks about her. Yeah, and so that's Depa Balaba. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Sure. Hey, Mike. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a little question? Probably. What happened Wait, after? Do you want to do this off air? <laughs> oh, it's for the show. Sorry, you didn't. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What happened after Order 66? Order 67? Boom. I was really hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> was that a setup? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I hope he says Order 67. I hope he says Order <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> So I was interested in seeing kind of the aftermath of Order 66, the known survivors, and just just, just who might out be there. So sure. um, I am going to avoid specific spoilers to Rebels. Yeah. So there's a couple characters that I may leave out or be a little sly about. Okay. Um, so Order 66, as we know was the culmination of the Sith master Darth Sheev Sidious's plan Mm -hmm. to overthrow the Jedi Order and institute Sith rule over the galaxy. Sure. So about 10 years before the Clone Wars, Jedi master Sifo-Dyas, who was gifted with the power of foresight, saw a coming war and the destruction of the Jedi Order. So he freaked out. He didn't know how it was going to happen. 
but he was worried. So he argued to the Jedi Order and the Senate that they should bless the creation of an army, but they said, no way, Jose, Mm -hmm. and they kicked him off the Jedi Council. So that answers one question for me because they mention in Attack of the Clones that the clone army was ordered by Jedi Master Sifo Dyas, and I never really knew was that like a pseudonym or was that some secret thing that Sidious was doing. It was unrelated to the Sith plan. And you've never seen the Clone Wars episodes where they really flesh that out? Well, yeah, I meant like when I first saw Uh, the theaters, I was confused by it. Um, So what ended up happening was Sifo Dyas pretended to have permission of the Senate and enlisted the cloners of Kamino. The cloners of Camino. There it is. <laughs> Camino Saber To create a secret clone army, which inadvertently set the destruction of the Jedi Order into motion. Did you, are you going to talk about why Sifo Dyas is named Sifo Dyas? Backstory? No. That's interesting. Yeah, you can. Um, well, there was it was a typo that George Lucas liked. <laughs> because originally it was going to be a pseudonym for Sidious. So it was going to oh. be Sido dash ds so sidious and someone typed in sifo ds and he was like oh actually i'd like it being someone else let's go with that that actually is better too because that would be so stupid if you're like, yeah be like, i'm an evil mastermind yes. but i want to leave clues <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. um so this set him into the sights of the sith and so darth sidious and his apprentice Darth Tyrannus mm-hmm. convinced the Kaminoans to install a biochip into the clones to ensure compliance and obedience. So, Sifodius ordered the army, unknown to him, Sidious had this chip put into their heads. And so, the Kamino, gosh, I can't say this, Kaminoans um, thought it was just to help them follow orders but really it had the secret order 66 protocol which upon its execution caused the clone troopers to turn on their jedi leaders and kill them very few jedi survived the initial attack and sidious's new apprentice darth vader accompanied the 501st and stormed the jedi temple killing all jedi survivors including the younglings that was another thing i uh, i learned that i thought was funny is that the 501st Legion is the one that stormed yeah. the Jedi Temple. That's how those people join that stupid group. Oh, I love the 501st. Oh, whatever. Oh my gosh. Oh, so you, you hate sick kids. I get it. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Good. So I like that the 501st is like, for those that don't know, they're a charity group. Like, oh, it's really it cool. A, I didn't know it was a charity. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> someone has egg on their face yep. um so they're like a charity group that makes these really cool and intricate stormtrooper armor designs and they're really really good they look right out of the movie and they like visit children's hospitals and do events to raise money for you know things like sick kids who mike doesn't care about oh no i love it um now they're trying to revitalize me young i know so i like in my head canon like they're the 501st from the movies hmm. and they're trying to like hey, girl, super sorry about like that. make like repent for killing all the younglings in the temple how long do clones live um so they have accelerated aging yeah i read 
that it's around there they age at about three times as fast so maybe 30 yeah so i mean i might be wrong about that that's just off my head but um so it's estimated that less than 100 jedi survived order 66 and it marked the beginning of the great jedi purge which stretched on for years and would claim the lives of almost all remaining jedi so 100 jedi that's less than it's about one percent of all jedi survived um so here's a quick list of jedi who we know survived in canon as of today so well we will know or presume so ahsoka tano we don't know yet she left the jedi order before completing her training and her whereabouts are currently unknown um there's a book about her where you can kind of learn about what happened after she left. But we'll leave that up in the air. Caleb Doom slash Kanan Jarrus survived, as we just talked about, after Depa Balaba died protecting him. Mm-hmm. Jocasta knew the chief librarian of the Jedi archives, although the exact way she survived is a mystery. She did survive and went into hiding with a friend of hers named Gar. And while hiding, she recorded a library of holocrons in the hope of preserving the knowledge of the Jedi Order and establishing a new Jedi school. Um, there's a couple new Jedi that were just introduced. Yeah. Chandra. Yeah. Chandra. It's a female, female human Jedi who went into hiding on a Jedi shrine on Anoet, accompanied with three other Jedi. I'm going alphabetically, by the way. Okay. I can't wait. There's one I'm really excited for you to get to. If you... Karak. Yep. That's my man. In Phila. Yeah, this guy's bad. Do you know his story? Yeah. Well, so I know he took a vow of solitude. Yeah. He's... Which forbade him from interacting with the Jedi Order. Look how cool he is. Yeah. He's... So he's really cool. The thing that's interesting is... So he's gray with gray eyes and like this big red scar across his chest, but he's a human. He just so, He's so buff. So he's a human with gray skin. I don't know, but he's he's pretty dope. And also, well, do you know? And and yeah, that's who Vader kills to get his kyber crystal from. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he missed Order sixty six because he took this vow of solitude. So he's off on his own, not fighting in the Clone Wars. And Vader tracked him down. And it's called took... the Barash vow. But... <laughs> cool. Um, Knight is a former former Jedi Temple guard who became disaffected with the Jedi Order after the false accusation and hunt. For former Padwan Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. He ultimately fell to the dark side and managed to avoid harm during Order 66 by complying with the Empire. Luminara Anduri. Um, we learn her ultimate fate in this episode. Um, but she served alongside Yoda on Kashyyyk and was presumed dead, but was actually captured and executed by the Grand Inquisitor much later. Mususuil. I think that's right, uh, is a female Jedi who also hid in the Jedi shrine on Anoet. Nuhsh, N-U-H-J, <laughs> is a Nikto Jedi who also escaped and hid in the Jedi shrine on Anoat. Obi-Wan Kenobi was shot down by Commander Cody sure was. and his troops on Utapau, but was think? able to survive and he Utapau. escaped on General Grievous's ship. Utapau. He reunited with Yoda and hunted and hunted his former former Padawan Anakin Skywalker, Skywalker, who had fallen to the dark side. After mistakenly thinking he had killed Skywalker, he brought Skywalker's son to Tatooine and spent the better part of his life watching the young Skywalker from a distance. 
Quinlan Voss is a male Kefar Jedi mm. Master. Details are unknown, but his name is listed among presumed survivors of Order 66 that was compiled by Sheev and given to Vader. Uvel, this one's kind of on shaky ground canonically, but in an episode of Star Wars Insider, Alexander Freed, who's an author and wrote a bunch of Star Wars stuff and worked for Dark Horse Comics, mm. um, confirmed that a male Jedi master named Uvel survived with a bunch of Jedi artifacts and hid on an abandoned Geonosian colony on a nameless moon. Wow. Yoda led the Republic's war effort on Kashyyyk, but avoided death by sensing danger and cutting the head off of some trees in his claws. It was cool. Uh, with the help of Chewbacca and Tarful, Yoda escaped the planet, met up with Obi-Wan Kenobi. They successfully disabled a trap set to lure Jedi to the temple, but Yoda faced Darth Sheev in a duel and was unable to defeat him and went into hiding on Dagobah. Last but not least, maybe least, Zubaran Anoroki is a male Zabrak, which is the same species as Maul, who escaped and hid on a Jedi shrine on Noat. Hmm. There are five other identified former <laughs> Jedi Knights that we may meet toward the end of Rebels, so I will not talk to them, talk about them now. The clone troopers who executed the Order, though, were decommissioned and replaced by human stormtroopers, although a no small number of clones were able to discover the implant and disable it, allowing them to disobey. That was a cool, yeah, that was a cool, 66. cool episode of Clone Wars. Yeah, it was cool. Get like freaking out. It's like ah, <laughs> I got my head. Yeah, cool. So. Awesome, Peter. Well, thank you for that. It was insightful, if not hell of boring. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. That was really good. Oh my gosh, you're so mean to me. Uh, well, uh, thank you to uh, John and Marie for being here. Super fun. Um, I recently heard some sad news that she is going to be stepping away from a bunch of her podcasts, but. She will still be doing the Rebels chat with her mother, which is so charming. Yeah, it's a bit um, fun, So check her out on Twitter and Instagram and all the other stuff by searching the Wookiee Gunner. Thanks yeah. again. Yeah, and uh, until next time, mm -hmm. be brave out there and don't look back. Don't look back. Bye-bye. See ya.